Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we renew our catfishing license and prepare for a trip to Lake Lap Cat. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including Bowser's Fury and the new Pokemon Snap release date. And then on Thursday, we're going to be doing part one of our ABCs of Nintendo Sports. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, actually, so not this week, but next yes. week, Patrick, I have jury duty. And I don't what? remember... I don't remember... I don't know if you remember, like, back in August, I originally got the notice for it, and I was like, there's no way I'm doing jury duty now. Let right. me kick it down the road to, to when it's January. <laughs> exactly. Right. To when one in three people in LA oh County my gosh. I was like, <laughs> oh, coronavirus? <laughs> surely by January, we will at least be in a slightly better spot, but no, not the case. No, much I don't, worse. I have no idea how it works. I, it is, it's so unclear to me reading the materials that they have online. Yeah what exactly i am in for so it should be fun well so it is when when i did jury duty like two years ago all i had to do was like check the web portal um like the night before uh and see uh the message like we don't need you like four times and then that was it and and then it was done (laughs) i've always i've done it two previous times while i've been in la and i've always had to go in um i've never been sat on a jury but like they're i don't think they're making people just sit in the big room like they normally do but i don't know how it works otherwise the whole thing it's so Mm -hmm. like not clear so i'm excited to find out what reveals itself next week mark i'm so sorry (laughs) i'm sorry i wish you didn't have to do that um can i can i share with you a, a struggle that i just had please it was I freaked out when I saw the word Lake Lap Cat in uh, our show notes, because I know that is the name of the lake that Bowser's Fury takes place in, around, on top of, um, but it's not like so many other Mario locations are, are just like, it, they're on my tongue, right? They're, they live in my throat. They thrive in my vocal cords. This one's new to me. Lake Lap Cat. I'm still learning it, Mark. It's also not particularly easy to say quickly. No, Lake Lap Cat. It's a great vocal warm up. Lake Lap Lake. No, oh, I messed <laughs> it up. Uh, other things that are great uh, vocal warm ups: the Sonic Forces Borrowing Program, Sonic Forces Borrowing Program, Sonic Forces Borrowing Program, Sonic Forces Borrowing Program. If you would like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, all you gotta do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Uh, and then you can play the game for as long as you want. I send it to you. You play it on your Nintendo Switch. You put it back in the envelope, which has a different address on it, which isn't yours, but mine, and comes back to me. And then uh, it goes to the next person. It's a perfect program. It costs you nothing. And maybe, nothing. just maybe, occasionally, you will get Patrick's copy of Untitled Goose Game instead of, the, instead of his copy of Sonic Forces. But don't even bother trying to request it. Yeah, I mean, you can if you want to. If you want to bother requesting, it just has no effect. 
Like you can do you can do whatever you want. Like everything else with the Sonic Forces borrowing program, there are no rules. So you can ask for one or you could ask for the other, but you're just gonna get whichever one arrives. That's all there is to it. Um, Mark, we look, we need some help uh because we are doing uh a whole episode of four thirty-threes. Um, which means that we're going to need to come up with as many uh, topics that you and I can talk about for four and a half and three seconds, four and a half minutes and three seconds, um, as, as many as possible. And normally we come up with them. We pick from category from uh, topics that are like easy for us to wrap our heads around <laughs> um, that are really just you and I talking about uh, TV shows and movies and candy. A lot of candy. <laughs> I mean, how many times have we, when it's time for us to come up with a t- uh, 433, just looked around respective rooms hoping for something to jump out at us (laughs) um but this time we are leaving that responsibility to you the listener um i've I've noticed not a lot of responses for this one yet uh people are hesitant to give us topics to discuss email us at nintendo cartridge society at gmail.com at gmail.com your topics and we will discuss them uh me and mark mark and patrick the two of us Talking about what you want us to talk about for four and a half minutes and three more seconds. Um, we are doing that uh, for our 433rd episode, which uh, we will need those suggestions from you by February 9th. Uh, all hands on deck here, everyone. Send them in. We need topics. Um, Mark, are you ready to talk about what we've been playing this week? Yeah, let's do it. So I've been playing Sheer and the Wanderer for Switch, um, subtitled The Tower of Fortune and The Dice of Fate. Uh, last week when I was talking about it, I said that I was working my way through the tutorials, and that was the case. Yes. But then I put my Switch to sleep, left it for, with like um, Sheer and the Wanderer still engaged, left it for a few days, came back to it, and like my Switch would turn on but the screen was just black and what? like i could get the the sub menu to come up if i held the home button um but anyway so i just like har- did a hard restart of my switch yeah and which worked totally fine but i lost my progress in cheer and the wanderer and no. so so i was like do you know what i'm not doing all that i'm not doing like the training again like i'm just going right into it yeah um but it's been a while since i've played like a roguelike game where you go in when you die, you lose basically all your progress or in anything you haven't kept in, like all your inventory, all your gold, anything that's on you, um, you lose. And then when you wake up, if you have stuff in like the warehouse that you saved previously, like you can recover that. And I forgot how um, like gratifying, like, it's, an, it's annoying, but also like gratifying that mechanic is and how addictive it is where you're just like, oh, yeah. like I was so like, I think I was like one or two floors away from the top of that dungeon. Like, I got to just go back in. Like, I got to try again. Yeah, no, that's, uh, man. Uh, I mean, obviously, my most recent experience with uh, something like that is, is Hades, which I didn't put on this list, but I'm still playing. Um, and, like, there are times when I'm playing through uh, Hades and, like, getting deep into it where I'm like, oh, man, this build that I have right now, like, the combination of boons from the gods um, is so cool and so interesting. And I don't think I'm powerful enough to uh like beat hades this way but i it is an interesting way to play the game and i'm just excited to have this rare combination of powers um that like i'm have have not had in the previous 60 hours of me playing this game and probably will never have again um is just so much fun and so cool and like you're you're absolutely right like it is gratifying to um get far and then like lose it and be like all right but 
this time. <laughs> I know. It, uh, it is funny, though, like, uh, Sheeran is, like, such a, is a mean game. I don't know how, how Hades <laughs> is. But, like, Sheeran, like, and you just have to make peace with it, where you're just like, well, there was no way I could avoid that trap. Like, there was no way that, because oh, these, okay. these dungeons are just, like, randomly generated. Like, uh, the monsters are randomly placed. So it's like, well, there's no way I could have avoided that. And so, like, now I'm just dead. And all that, all the great items, like, everything I had is now gone. And I have to start from scratch. But for some reason, instead of being annoying, like, it just yeah, makes you, you want to, like, yeah. hop right back into it. Yeah, I, no, I've, Hades, I think, is, uh, is uh, immaculately fair. Like, you always know what happened when, when you lost. Oh, that is nice. Like, uh, I realized how much, and I know that this is an overdrawn comparison, but, like... Let's do um, it. Let's compare something to Dark Souls. Let's do yes, it. That's exactly what it is. Where, like, Dark Souls is, like... like um, I think Dark Souls and, like, those types of games are more fair. So it sounds, like, more, like, in the vein of Hades, where you're, like, well, I knew what I did wrong, and, like, I messed that up. Sometimes Sheeran is, like, there's literally nothing I could have done. Like, I, I was just doomed. Yeah, well, and I mean, just to, uh, like, you know, loop back around on that, like, in Hades, there are times where, especially in, like, early runs, where you just, like, are outgunned, like, there's, uh, you know, technically a way that you could have done it, but, like, it's just, it, it's just incredibly difficult until, like, you've banked some, uh, you know, uh, of the persistent powers, but, yeah. But, yeah, I've been enjoying Sharon a lot. It's, uh, it was originally, this one was originally a Vita game, and it has that, like, uh like retro 16-bit style uh the music is like okay like it's fine it's totally <laughs> it's totally serviceable but it is stuck in my head like it is played on loops endlessly and i like wake up in the morning and it's already there um, amazing speaking of music that gets stuck in your head i've also i jumped back into splatoon 2 for hey! the uh, super mario brothers 35 Splatfest, and uh that was another one where like i was like okay it's like 11 o'clock on Friday night and like I'm just gonna hop into this for like one or two rounds and I got my butt kicked because it's been so long since I had played like Splatoon You should have called me up we could have gotten our butts kicked together yeah that would have been fun I because I had so much fun like I I I total over this weekend like totally got back into Splatoon 2 was doing some uh salmon run was doing the um the competitive matches like man I'm excited I'm bummed that, like, Splatfests are basically over. I know that they've been doing some, like, repeats, but I'm excited for, like, Splatoon 3 because I'm excited for, like, a reason to, like, really get back into Splatoon because, man, I-, I love Splatoon 2 so much. Yeah, and, and again, just for, uh, or not again, but for the sake of clarity, a, a hypothetical Splatoon 3. We don't know, have any, like, rumors sure, yeah, or announcements, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, yeah. And I and I guess I, I ended up going with uh, the Superstar team instead of Super mm. Mushroom. I know that uh, in last week's news episode, when we talked about which one I would do or which one we would do, I went with Super Mushroom, you went with Superstar. But your argument that, like, do I need to get any bigger was so persuasive. No, you don't want I to don't. be 12 feet tall. <laughs> you don't want it. I want to ride roller coasters. Um, and so as, as long as we're talking about old games that we uh, are playing... Um, I continue to play Final Fantasy 3 slash Final Fantasy 6 on my Super NES Classic Edition. Um, it is, I, I'm uh, about six hours, five and a half, six hours into the game right now. Um, and I have just, I'm, I'm heading back down to um, the uh, rich town that I can't remember the name of. Uh, and so I'm about to trigger the, the opera sequence. Um, 
the uh you know final fantasy 6 has this legendary uh, opera sequence where you one of your characters needs to impersonate an opera singer to be kidnapped by someone who owns an airship so you can blah 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 blah, blah. um and it is uh, a, a stunning set piece and i'm so looking forward to it but the thing that i feel blown away by as i am playing it is the sheer number of uh, like knock me down, drag out awesome set pieces that I've already experienced in this game in the first five and a half hours. Again, I know this game. I know it back and forward. It is like in my blood, in my veins. I love it, love it, love it. Um, but it is impeccably paced. Like you move from one exciting event to another exciting event. There's no part in Final Fantasy three, at least to the point that I'm playing right now, that feels like you are on a fetch quest or like um, exploring a town with no real purpose. Like everything has urgency to it. Everything is motivated. Uh, everything is wonderful. And the game keeps like throwing twists and variations on its like, you know, basic turn based uh, combat. Um, you know, th there's a part um, which is right where I uh, got to the last week when we were talking about it, where you split up into three different parties and like, you know, some of you. Uh, you know, ride a raft into uh, town. Um, a another group um, has to sneak through the South Figaro um, and, you know, uh, like infiltrate the, the city. And then like uh, Sabin gets like tossed off into uh, like a strange new continent and has like a whole slew of adventures. It recruits three new people to the party. Um, it's great. Um, and then uh, I, I also just played the, the part where you have to, you again, are like split up into three parties, but they're all on the same map. Um, and so you just kind of like position them about so that you can intercept the like enemies as they are like approaching um, the, this Esper that you're, you're defending. Um, and like, it's just, it's just insanely diverse and cool and engaging. Um, and I know it's, uh, I mean, you want to say that, you know, we're, we're being hacked for comparing a game to Dark Souls. I'm saying Final Fantasy three is good. Um, <laughs> that, that's my thesis statement here, but I stand by it, Mark. No, Final Fantasy III uh, is also, a.k.a. like Final Fantasy VI, right? That's right. That's yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. When was the last time, had you played it recently before this playthrough? Because I, your description of it is making me want to like play it again. And I think it's, I don't even know the last time, like 20 years or something like that. Since yeah. Since I last Final Fantasy VI. It's been a super long time for me too. Um, in fact, probably even longer than I think because like it, it was re-released on the playstation which the playstation the original playstation um on a disc with chrono trigger is that right i think so um but like it's virtually unplayable in that form because every time you enter a fight the game has to load mm -hmm. from the disc um or anytime you open a menu it has to load from the disc um but you know obviously no loading on the super nintendo and no loading on the uh, snes classic um so it's super snappy everything happens super fast um so yeah, I mean, you're right. It's probably been tw 20 years <laughs> since I played this game. Um, it is a shortcut to, you know, being 14 years old uh, or younger. I guess I don't really have a concept of when the game came out. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just absolutely loving it. It is, it is comfort food for me. Um, the music is great. The pixel art is gorgeous. Um, I even love it when it goes into the like mode seven and like, you know just like warps those like really clean graphics to like make make you think that you're running around on a chocobo or flying around in a, a in an airship uh, it's, it's just a beautiful game yeah uh that's awesome i've i've been playing a snes game um not uh one that we played a little more recently than that 
Um, I after we played Donkey Kong Country three, we talked about wanting to go back and play Donkey Kong Country two. Now that we have access to the like rewind feature, that would hopefully deal with a lot of the frustrations yes. we had with that game the first time. So I've started uh, just today the uh, playthrough of Donkey Kong Country two. I'm only a handful of levels in, so it's still fairly easy. I haven't had to like uh use the rewind feature because i know the pain is coming i have distinct memories you remember when this game uh gets like too difficult but uh yeah i'm excited to kind of revisit that at a slower pace and um not feeling like so much pressure now that like the rewind feature is accessible to me um how are you finding it so far compared to three yeah it's fun it's um uh it's yeah i don't really know it's so early like some of the some of the stuff that isn't in three is kind of like jarring to me like going back to just like a a map that is very defined like where you go next yeah very and like it has like the big dk coins but it doesn't have like the puzzle solving element um that i liked in dk3 but uh it definitely to me like it was easier to jump into the controls of this one and i think it's because like it was Diddy and Dixie, which are two kind of like fast characters, um, and yeah. so the, and I, I feel like there was more of a learning curve for me with Kitty, whereas like here it's easier for me to just like jump in and go. Uh, Kitty Kong, much maligned, but we've decided that we love him anyway. Like some Lord of the Rings character, and now I don't even remember who it was that we made him. <laughs> uh, but go back to our episode from Thursday. Uh, we we did cast Kitty Kong as one of the Lord of the Rings characters. Pippin, maybe. I don't remember, Mark. <laughs> um, the last game that I, uh, I played this week is I, I uh, actually turned on the Monster Hunter Rise demo, um, not just uh, downloaded it. Uh, Mark, did you get a chance to, to play any of the Monster Hunter Rise demo? No. No, I saw it on my um, like Switch home screen this weekend yeah. when I was like, oh, what should I play? And uh, I just couldn't get myself to do it. I mean, it's, it's tough. They're... I, it's possible I'm just not like a Monster Hunter guy. And if anyone uh, is, is listening to this and is like a big Monster Hunter supporter, uh, you know, like e- email into us and like just let us know what like your sort of tips are for like getting into it. Because like it does seem like the, it is a franchise with a lot of uh, like value to it, uh, with a lot of um, features and a, a history. Um, but like, I don't know, I, I played through the, um, the tutorial stages um, and then one of the after you there are two tutorials and then there are like two missions that you can play in the demo um and i did the two tutorials and one of the missions and uh like i don't know the the controls feel very like cumbersome uh and the actions all feel very slow um and just the way the game chooses to uh tutorialize itself um feels i don't know like it'll stop it'll stop you all the time and then there's like six windows of uh text to read of like how you do something and i'm like i'm not by the time i close this this help box i'm not going to remember any of that <laughs> like it it seems it's it's not doing a uh, a good job of teaching me how to play it um so i don't know i i hope to uh get back to it um as as of right now i don't feel like uh, monster hunter rise is one that i will pick up uh, when it comes out at the end of march um but you know that my my mind could change on that. Uh, there was also uh, Mark. You and I talked about a, a little bit last week um, that there was a, a seemingly an issue with Monster Hunter Rise um, in that if you had a lot of friends on your 
friend list that the game sort of like stuttered and had frame rate issues, uh, especially when you were trying to do multiplayer. Um, the uh, Monster Hunter Japanese Twitter account has assured everyone that that is uh, a problem with the demo and not uh, present in the full version of the game. They said, quote, for customers using the demo version of Monster Hunter Rise, if the number of registered friends on the user's account exceeds a certain number, the game will begin to stutter. This is a processing failure. Please be assured that we have confirmed that this issue does not occur in the full version. We apologize for any inconvenience and thank you for your support. So good that it's not going to be an issue in the long term. Uh, crazy bug. A crazy bug. Uh, also, just like a little bit weird that they're like, oh, yeah, it's not in the full version. Uh, take our word for it. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's, there's something about it that's like, uh, yeah, the thing that you're complaining about, that's not, in the, that's not in the full game. It's only in the version of the game that you're experiencing right now. Well, like, it, it's legit, but like. I don't know. It feels weird. I guess it's also an easy way to tell which of your friends has a lot of people on their Switch friends list or not. That's true. That that's how you uh, that's how you smoke them out. You ask people <laughs> how how the game's performing. Exactly. Um. All right. That's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. So lots of games coming out this week, um, but none that I'm really familiar with or looking forward to. The one I would say notable release on Wednesday, January 20th, is Hitman 3 Cloud Edition, which was um, announced in the last Partner Showcase, I think it was, uh, along with like Control Cloud Edition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and But this version, uh, Hitman 3 Cloud Edition for Nintendo, Cloud version for Nintendo Switch, will be coming out on the same day as all the other platforms, which is kind of cool. On So that's Wednesday, January 20th. I'm guessing, I don't know this for sure, that it'll have a similar setup to the control client where you you download it, and then in order to actually like purchase, you have to play yeah. like the five-minute demo. And so I guess an interesting way to at least get, you know, like a little bit of uh, Hitman 3, Just that if tiny, nothing else. Just tiny, tiny bit. Yep. Um I that's a that's a funny practice that I I like that they're like okay, you know what you're getting here, right? Like you're streaming this game. So like whatever technical hiccups that you're going to experience, you experience them before you <laughs> right. throw down your money. Exactly. And you know, I I did the one for control and my my experience was um really good. But yeah, it'll be I am curious to like how these do sales-wise. Because again, I think it's a great way to get like third-party games that otherwise wouldn't come to Switch onto Switch. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's it's I think never going to be the way that I choose to engage with these kind of games. Like, um, you know, if I if I'm going to play Control, I'm going to play it on PlayStation Four. Um, but it is it is cool that if this is the only platform you have that you have that option. Um, we didn't do like a rundown here, but there are a fair amount of um games that are on sale right now on the Switch uh, eShop and like up on Amazon, including some um first party games. Um, and there were only two things I wanted to call out real fast. One is that Sonic Mania is super cheap right now. Um, and also the Castlevania uh collector what what's it called anniversary collection. Um. We did an episode maybe a year or two ago where we ranked all of the games in the collection. Um, it's a pretty fun collection. Uh, it costs five dollars right Ooh, now. Ooh, that's a good deal. It's worth it. Uh, it that's it's worth it for Kid Dracula alone, <laughs> <laughs> frankly. 
but like Kid Dracula is super fun to play on that thing. Uh, Castlevania Bloodlines is fun. Super Castlevania 4 is good. Castlevania 3 is uh, great. Castlevania 2 is fun if you have a guide. The original Castlevania is uh, okay, if not too heavy. And then there are two, ga- two other Game Boy games on there. <laughs> but for five bucks, it's eight games for five bucks. Like, that's, that, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, totally um, worth but, it. Yeah. Uh, so ch- check out the rest of those uh, if you are interested in picking up some games for cheap. All right, Mark, let's close this segment out. Now it is time for a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers did not play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, last week we mentioned that the uh, new Marvel TV show WandaVision, uh, it was coming to Disney Plus and that we were both excited about it, excited to watch it. We are now going to use this uh, 433 segment to talk about the first two episodes of WandaVision. If you do not want to be spoiled in any way, you can skip ahead four minutes and 30 seconds uh, where we will be done. Uh, But I also don't think it is possible to spoil really anything from these first two episodes i don't think so either because i still like we don't really know what's going on we don't know what's going on yeah um so the 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 premise of the show uh so it appears is that wanda uh, wanda maximov the scarlet witch and vision are stuck in what appear to be a uh simulation that uh it presents itself as sitcoms from the 50s and 60s yeah and some of it seems it seems like it is like being manifest by wanda just because they're able to like rewind time at the end of like the second episode to try to get out of a situation they don't like so uh i i enjoyed these two episodes um but my sister texted me and she was like i don't really know what to make of like wandavision and um she was watching with her family and her kids and yeah like she was saying that like her kids were confused and i totally get it because these first two episodes like the first one's like a riff on the dick van dyke show the second one is like a riff on like bewitched or i dream of genie and there's if, there's some bewitched and i dream of genie in the first one too to- yeah that's true yeah. but like it's like if you're not familiar with these old with those old sitcoms like i don't there's not really much to grab onto in these first two episodes I, you know, did watch those in syndication growing up and like, so it was like, I enjoyed it, but I do feel like the joke could wear thin really quick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I know I was a real big Nick at Night rat uh, when I was a kid. Like I used to watch uh, that, that old programming on, you know, Nickelodeon after like seven or, you know, when, whenever uh, it, it would start. Um, but like for me, I'm, I'm like qualifiedly enjoying the show i want it to be weirder and i also find everyone's uh every reaction to it i've read is people being like man this show is weird and i'm like is it is it that weird (laughs) the show's not that weird watch a weird show watch you know a legion and then we'll talk about shows that are weird i think it's weird for like marvel right for marvel to do this thing that the first two episodes it's presenting you are essentially just like unfunny like retro sitcoms. sitcoms yeah and yeah, well, and so that's sorry. I I know I'm I'm, I'm kind of rambling here, but the the thing that it made me want is it made me want to watch Dick Van Dyke. Uh, and like one of the things that WandaVision for me is missing is 
the elements that made the original shows successful. Like, you know, uh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen is not uh, Lucille Ball. Uh, Paul Bettany is not Dick Van Dyke. Like, we're missing some of the pieces that made those shows successful. I, I think that's true. And I think, like, we're... Uh, I, but for me, actually... I agree. I agree that they are not like those like sitcom actors or like those actors that made those shows so enjoyable. But I am actually really enjoying watching Paul Bettany and um, I. You just said her name, but I'm blanking Elizabeth on it. Olsen. Yeah, Elizabeth yeah. Olsen, like uh, playing these types of characters because I feel like neither of them are like this is not their usual yeah, bag. Not natural. Yeah, and so I think it's really it's fun to see them having fun and it's fun to see them like being able to play off of each other in like this like playful fun way, because it's definitely not a way that we've seen those characters or those actors interact yeah. before. So yeah. I, I am enjoying that part of it. Uh, also give me anything with Catherine Hahn. My God, she's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't she great? <laughs> she's so great. And, and like, per, and yeah, and it seems like she's, it seems like everybody's having fun. And you know, you, uh, I was watching a trailer. Uh, it was on like it was a pre-roll for like a YouTube video that I was watching. Yeah. And it shows stuff that I'm assuming is coming later and it looks very much more like stock, like what I would expect from a Marvel TV show. And so the fact that we're here and we're we have to get to that point, I am interested, like I'm excited to see like the thread and like the path yeah. that gets us there. Well, and like the end of the second episode shows us like there first of all, like Wanda just becoming pregnant, um, which is a, a staple of, you know, old sitcoms. Um, uh, but also then them shifting into color, um, and sort of like implying like now we're headed into the seventies. Um, and like, I do think that's cool. Like if it's the difference between like a fifties sitcom and a sixties, uh, sitcom are, are pretty similar, but once you start getting to like seventies, eighties, nineties, like that's when I think things are going to get weird. All right. Um, uh, that was good, Mark. I feel like we, we covered a lot of ground there. I feel really good about that conversation. I, it was just good. Uh, I'm very happy with it. And I'm only still talking because I couldn't find... Okay, we were accompanied today <laughs> <laughs> by uh, uh, Timotheus Petrin on cello and George Zhuyung Fu on piano. Mark, let's get into the news. So last week, Nintendo dropped like two trailers for uh super Th mario 3d world and bowser's <laughs> fury right. it was like and a website and dropped and, a website, and a website which had more information yeah so on tuesday morning they revealed like a like two minute trailer and it didn't tell us much about bowser's fury it showed off a little bit and then that's the one they warned us about and then on wednesday they dropped like a legit like seven minute reveal of it with no yeah. warning it uh, doesn't make sense to me, but it clearly is working for them. Well, and also the the seven minute the the two minute trailer was like really just about Bowser's Fury. It was just showing that game to us. The seven minute trailer um, for the complete package of Super Mario World three or Super Mario three D World um, and Bowser's Fury uh, showed off new features uh, in the old game and showed a lot more kind of in depth as to what the actual game of Bowser's Fury is going to be. Totally. And so let's actually start with um, uh, the Super Mario 3D World and the new features that are coming to that. So uh, you will be able to do online co-op, which you weren't able to do with the Wii U version, where you can join your friend's game or they can join yours. And uh, it's there's only one save file. And so it's whoever's like hosting is the one who's like progress yeah. will be saved. But seriously, fingers crossed that this works well. I 
Oh my god. If this works, it is clutch. This will be I mean, it, it this game is so good and so good multiplayer. Um and like you know, we we are just living in a world right now where you need to be able to play your multiplayer co-op games online. Um and I will legit play this game with anyone I know who owns a Switch. Anyone. I don't care where you are. I don't care how long you need me to play with you. I will do it. I love this game. It seems like it would be challenging to like do online platforming co-op like well just because like you can't really cheat like you might be able to cheat in like a fighting game or a uh, or even like um like Mario Kart like you like those tricks to kind of like hide the seams wouldn't work so well sure and yeah. so I'm I I am I'm nervous but I'm cautiously optimistic and it's cool because like uh up to f- like four people can play on in different combinations so like um like two people could be on one switch two people can be on the other switch you can all play together uh you can have like one person on one switch three people like everybody on their own switch like i'm hopeful that this is going to work because i really want it to yeah and i know that these sound like table stakes for any other game that you would play (laughs) online but it's tough for nintendo so it's i applaud them for uh getting to to this point and again (laughs) <laughs> fingers crossed that yeah. it works super mario maker 2 was fairly rough especially at launch yeah. and so i will be yeah. interested to see how this works out there's also a new photo mode that lets you apply the stickers that you earn throughout the game um to like the photos themselves which is a good use for stickers because otherwise there wouldn't be one yeah so the stickers appeared obviously in the original game on the wii u um and you know the wii u had uh really uh like regular functionality with the Miiverse. Um, service where you could like write messages and like draw them and sort of decorate them with the the stamps and stickers that you collected in in a bunch of different games, right? Like the um, NES uh, remix games had stickers. Um, uh, this game had stickers. A bunch of them did. Smash yeah, also. It felt it felt like to me that stickers were kind of Nintendo's like Wii U era attempt at uh, like an achievement or trophy system, but one hundred percent. It didn't. Yeah. It, it was never like uh, implemented in a way where. Like, not even every Nintendo game had it. Right. A, a lot of them did, but certainly not enough did. Um, and, like, there weren't numbers attached to them, which I always thought was nice. Like, you know, with achievements or uh, trophies, like, that all gets distilled down into, like, a numerical score. Um, and I, I like the very, like, Nintendoism of, like, nope, it's just what, what stamps you have access to. It's, you know, who, who cares if uh, <laughs> one stamp is rarer than the others? Um, so, yeah, this, this is a cool, like, application for them. The photo mode looks an awful lot like the photo mode in Super Mario uh, um, Odyssey, Odyssey um, which, uh, you know, every, every now and then I go through the photos uh, and um, videos that we capture on the, on the Switch. And most of them are Animal Crossing because we see a lot of cute things and Sarah and I want to share them with each other. Um, but uh, I also have a, a ton of um, you know, pictures that I took in Odyssey. Uh, and so I'll be excited to do that again in this game. Also, the Captain Toad levels, which uh, previously were single player only, can now like four people can play them at the same time, which is nice. Uh, instead of in, on the Wii U game where, like, if you're playing multiplayer and you happen into yeah, you one of the Captain Toad levels. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's super cool. It's, uh, you know, this is where the sort of Captain Toad style of gameplay 
um, is pioneered is in like these you know special little levels, one in each world, um, and they're not super challenging until like you get kind of like late in there. Um, that there's nothing really that holds a candle to like the depth of you know the levels presented in Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker. Um, but they're super fun, and the uh, idea of being able to play um, you know multi multi toted uh, is super fun. And then uh, the the Cat Peach and Cat Mario Amiibo, which these are the new ones, right? Like these didn't yeah. come out previous. Okay, so right. these are they, the they new come ones. out. We we saw we saw them revealed. I think when uh, the 35th anniversary Mario Direct. Um, but yeah, they're they're coming out alongside the the game on February 12th. Got it. So if you have those, then in 3D World, you'll be able to unlock power ups and other in game enhancements by scanning yeah. those amiibo in. They're being cagey. I looked. I looked into it. I was like, what do these things do? I want to know, and I couldn't figure it out. And so now let's talk about Bowser's Fury, which we finally have some information on. Um, it's a single open world environment. You're in Lake Lapcat, and uh, see, it's Lake, not easy to say. <laughs> it's not easy to say. It uh, changes as like, um, basically like there's this big like Bowser. And every time he wakes up, he, like, wrecks havoc on the world. And so, like, the environment changes while that's happening. Um, Giant Bowser, he's called Fury Bowser in English. But this is too good. God Slayer Bowser in Japanese. God Slayer Bowser. I don't want to ever call him Fury Bowser. That, what's the point of that? He is the God Slayer. That's yeah. I mean, it also so many implications for uh the Mushroom Kingdom canon in general. Like uh who is the it means creator? There is at least one god, <laughs> right? And that this version of Bowser is capable of slaying it. <laughs> or at least charged with slaying it. I guess I don't know if he's able to do it, but like he wants to. Well, not to be outmatched, Mario can transform into Giga Cat Mario when he activates the giant bell um to battle fury bowser and he looks super he's like a super saiyan mario is kind of what he looks like well but also cat super saiyan cat mario yeah i mean he looks it's it's weird because like he's obviously a lion right like (laughs) they 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 cross the the line from like him being a cat which is clearly he's a house cat he wears a little collar with a bell but when he's big he is definitely a lion because he's he's got a big old bushy mane yeah Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm but uh, he's giant uh, Giga Cat Mario is also very cute. Yeah. And we don't, I, I, I like that they, they held this from us. We see the transformation to Giga Cat Mario, um, but we don't see how that like final confrontation actually takes place. I assume you don't just like run up and like swipe at Bowser. Um, but like, I don't know if you're giant uh, Kaiju Mario and Bowser like stomping around Lake Lapcat, like. I don't know. I can't. I can't wait to see and play that. Yeah, totally. Uh, also, Bowser Junior is a companion character who uses his paintbrush to access power-ups or otherwise change the environment. Um, and if you, this one does have multiplayer. Bowser Junior is controllable by a second player, but only in local co-op. Uh, no online co-op for yeah. Bowser's Fury. Um, this is interesting, uh, and I don't. This, like I will, we'll need to really see how much, like how much of an effect that the second player can have uh, control. Because he kind of seems like, um, he's just sort of triggering things that are already there in the world, right? Like that there will be a, a power up painted on the wall, and he just like uses his paintbrush to make it real. 
Um, but you know, if if he has the ability to uh, stun enemies or so, you know, like uh, when someone places the um, the Luma uh, in uh, Mario Galaxy, um, like I wonder if it'll be like that or it'll be more involved if he has to platform on his own. Um, a lot of questions still uh, on on this one. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. Um, the whole like world of Lake Lapcat is like full of cat stuff. So yeah. if they dabbled in it with uh, 3D World, like they're going all in for Bowser's Fury. You collect cat shines, which seem very similar to the moons in Super Mario Odyssey. Um, there's like regular cats hanging out all over the place. Just regular cats. I mean, they're like multicolored. There's like a purple one and an orange one, but like there are, and I guess an orange cat is a real kind of cat. So that was a bad example on my part. A green cat. That's not real. Um, th- yeah, they're just like real cats that Mario, who sometimes turns into a cat, has to share the space with. It's wild. And then not in the trailer, but on the uh, the website, they show off cat versions of a bunch of like enemy types including cat goombas cat koopas cat piranha plants i'm assuming i'm assuming they all have like adorable cat names but we don't know what they are yet right and i mean if you want some if you want like a fresh new nightmare texture to invade your dreams (laughs) check out the fur on the cat piranha plant and the cat koopa it's so weird why is it furry it's a turtle so there's also amiibo functionality in Bowser's Fury. Um, mm-hmm. and plus, they're going to be reprinting the Bowser and Bowser Jr. amiibo. Um, the Bowser amiibo makes Browse- Fury Bowser appear. AKA God's Lair. Yes. And so uh, I guess like the mechanic is basically like you're running around like Lapcat and you're trying to do like the platforming and get as many of the like cat shines as you can. And then uh, at times that are not necessarily like determined by you, Fury Bowser arises and like wrecks havoc on the world. And so, but if you have the Bowser amiibo, you can kind of like, if you want to summon him, yeah, yeah. you can trigger it whenever you want. Uh, And then the Bowser Jr. amiibo unleashes a powerful shockwave to knock out nearby enemies and blocks. Uh, And then the amiibo uh, section of the website also goes on to say, try out other amiibo for different in-game surprises. Um, so they, they say that basically all other amiibo are compatible. Um, this may be something along the lines of, you know, like the Hyrule Warriors games do this, where it's just like, you can scan an amiibo and get like, you know, some gold or mm-hmm. <laughs> so like mm-hmm. a, re- a reward and you can do it like once every 24 hours. Um, so it's cool. It's cool to see that they are, uh, g- providing some sort of amiibo support to this. And that in addition to the new ones that they are re-releasing, the Bowser and Bowser Jr. And that's the Bowser from the Super Smash Brothers set and not from the Super Mario set, uh, which is the cooler Bowser anyway. Uh, is the one for the Super Mario set the, the, like, the wedding Bowser, or is that specifically from Odyssey? So that is specifically from Odyssey, yeah. So I guess there are three Bowsers at, at three Bowser Amiibo at this point. Plus probably there was the, the Skylanders one too. Um, so yeah, there's the the one that because there's a whole set of like Super Mario Amiibo that were originally intended to be with um, Mario Party, um, and they're like much more sort of basic designs of like Mario, Luigi, um, Peach, Daisy, Bowser, uh, and 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 a couple others, um, and they stand on like a little red base that has like a, a checkered um, uh, design on the top of it instead of the sort of uh, Smash Brothers coin um, with that like gold Smash logo, um, so. Uh, yeah, the, the Smash ones are more detailed and more dramatic and, and more fun. 
Um, so it's cool that they're re-releasing that. I had forgotten about the uh, Mario Odyssey uh, amiibos. Um, those are good amiibo. Those are good amiibo. Yeah, <laughs> I've got th- I've got them buried in a box in my apartment. I should I should get them out. Yeah, those are fun. Uh, one thing I like on Nintendo's website is they're being very upfront about like what Bowser's Fury is, or like I guess like how medieval experience you can expect. And they basically say like, hey, it's like it's short but action packed. So I yeah. think like um, Bowser's Fury, it's not like a full blown game that you're going to spend as much time as you would on 3D World, but it seems like a nice like fun like supplement that they are adding to it to kind of sweeten the deal for the game when it comes out on February 12th for the full price of 60 bucks. And, you know, we they haven't always done this with these like re-releases, but this is something it to me, especially, I mean, obviously as someone who didn't own a Wii U, like this is a very enticing package. Patrick is somebody who has played a lot of this game previously. It seems like you're still kind of excited for it. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, if Bowser's Fury wasn't on this thing, I would buy it for 60 bucks. Um, but uh, the, the inclusion of Bowser's Fury uh, makes me very excited, especially like seeing that it it looks to me like it is sort of a cross between uh, 3D World and Odyssey. Like it seems like it is one of the big kingdoms, like something the size of the Sand Kingdom or the Metro Kingdom, um, that it is a big single like sandbox um, that dynamically changes and that you uh, can you know, have spent some real time exploring. Um, and if that's, you know, like, if that's how long you end up playing the game is the length that you would spend uh, exploring a single kingdom in uh, Mario Odyssey, like that, that's, that's enough for me. Yeah, so uh, it's less than a month away at this point. Game comes out on wow. February 12th. Um, and Nintendo also snuck in there that the, it, there are going to be a second set of those like Mario pins which um, and this is these are different pins mark the we are questions have been answered uh that it is not that they are re-releasing the old set it is new pins based on the latter half of uh mario's canon um but these are trickier to get so uh last time you had to do like six or seven missions something like that uh, on on my nintendo uh and these are missions that are you know uh, participate in this event mark uh you uh playing in the um splatoon splatfest um uh is is one of the missions um so uh you know it, it was it was relatively easy to get the rest of the missions and then buy um the super mario uh all, 3d all-stars collection right right yeah relatively so like, do doing the the first set of missions was fairly easy getting the yes. pins themselves was like a nightmare difficult difficult yeah. and i did not succeed at it um but this time the number of missions that you have to accomplish is 15 so and new missions appear and disappear kind of all the time so uh if you are interested in getting this this set of pins uh first of all um buy uh super mario 3d world digitally so you can do it now so you don't have to like wait to uh register it after you buy it uh, and get like the physical copy back um and uh, so do that and then also start like looking at these missions to see which ones you can do. Because again, some of them are like participate in the Splatfest, which is gone now, doesn't exist anymore. Um, race in this, uh, you know, Mario Kart Tour um, special event, which is over, which you can't do anymore. Um, so check those out. They're going up and they're changing all the time. Um, I did a couple today that, you know, were uh, quick and just like read this newsletter and like type in this code to um uh complete the mission 
Um, but I'm I'm still a couple away. So uh, like these are pins that I want to get. I want to secure them. Uh, but I, I I will not be. I there I might I may still fail at it. But it will not be because I didn't do all the missions. Yeah, like I so if you did the missions for the first pin sets, you have like six or seven already done. Those count towards the fifteen. You don't have to yes. do fifteen yeah. new ones. Um, they added two new missions at the end here. Like one is like go to the 3D World website and find, you know, these stickers. The other yep. one is go to like a specific um, news item on the Switch news feed and scan the QR code. But like, I'm glad they added those because I'm barely going to like squeak by with the 15 yeah. because a lot of the ones like you were saying are already over. Like you can't redeem the Coldstone Creamy cu- coupon anymore. Like that's right. Um, of the uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate Tournament is over with. So there's a lot yeah, that like th- there was a Mario Maker 2 one as well like there are a lot of timed events and so like we still have a couple weeks between now and when the game comes out so there could be other ones that pop up so just if it's something that you're interested in i think you just need to be vigilant about it uh, and like actually try to accomplish these missions which is a dumb <laughs> it's a dumb thing to have to do but like if you want the pins you want the pins also i think that even if you pre-order 3D World digitally that they don't they won't actually credit you until the game is released. So I think it's like a few yeah, days after the game is released that like you will get the um credit for uh purchasing it. But that's okay anyways because if it's anything like the first round of the pins the they set like a specific time where they're like the pins are going to be available like starting at this time and like god help you trying to get them but i do i i want these more than i wanted like the i was lucky to get the first set but i i am excited for these because like i saw that uh mario the mario that represents super mario sunshine with like flood and i'm like ooh, yeah. like i need that like i feel like uh super mario sunshine mario games. does not get very much play and so i it's exciting to see it yeah i mean these these are these are worth scrambling for i think so uh yeah uh mark uh so i think we're, we're both uh we're totally locked in obviously we're suckers for, for nintendo stuff um but uh see, seeing these uh the set of trailers and sort of exploring this website today um made me super excited um i i can't wait for this game to come out yeah i'm really excited for this too i'm like bowser's fury seems like interesting and i'm excited to check it out but like I my main excitement is really reserved for uh just being able to play super mario 3d world I'm also a little bit excited for the game to come out so that we can sort of clear the slate and be like, okay, Nintendo, what next? What else <laughs> happens this year? Yeah, that's true. I feel like we know so little. Um, also, something that Nintendo revealed around this time is a new Switch. It's a Mario Red and Blue Edition Switch system. The system itself, the dock and the Joy-Con are red, but like a different red from the like Mario Odyssey ones um seemingly maybe it's just like the 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 images but yeah but seemingly a different red uh and then the joy con grip itself and the um joy con like not the straps but like the um the connector that you slide on so that way you can like play it sideways and have an easy access yeah i think I think they're still referred to as as the wrist straps or like the 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 plastic part of the wrist strap is is also blue. Right. Okay. And yeah. then so this is the first time that the switch itself is going to be a color other than black. Like the system itself is red on this one. 
in the renders, I think it's really cool looking. Um, but then you see, but I don't know how it would be like in r- real life if this would be too, if this be too much. Yeah, it's it's also weird because like, yeah, the whole thing is red, but like there's that kind of bezel around the like front of the the screen that's still black, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's still parts of that that aren't screen, um, that aren't red. Uh, so I don't know. It's it's a little bit strange. Um, uh, I also wonder what like the visual effect of having the red Joy Cons. The the image that we are looking at has the Joy Cons separated, but having the red Joy Cons on the red Switch. Yeah. Or th- I mean, feels like a lot. It does feel like a lot. And actually seeing them in some of the other renders where it's like the red Joy-Con are in the blue Joy-Con holder. And even that is like, it's a lot. Um, Yeah. But again, like in the render, I'm like, ooh, this is kind of cool looking. It comes with a carrying case that's uh, like red and has some like Mario design on it. Uh, It's like power-ups design. And then the um, like border around it is blue. The whole thing is... It's going to be available on uh, February 12th for the regular Switch price of $299.99. Um, yeah, not, don't really know. I don't really, I don't really covet this one like I coveted the, uh, the Animal Crossing Special Edition. Oh, the Animal Crossing one! <laughs> but, uh, you know, rumors are that like some sort of Switch revision is coming this year. So I'm, I'm saving my video game money for whatever that is going to be. Right, and hopefully the new... Uh... <laughs> the new Switch revision isn't just they dipped it in red paint. <laughs> <laughs> in addition to last week's trailer for Super Mario 3D World, we also got a full trailer and release date for the new Pokemon Snap game, which is just called New Pokemon Snap and is going to be released April 30th. Yeah, this is a, a an exciting one uh, for most uh, of the of the Pokemon audience. Mark, you and I are not big Pokemon guys. Um, but uh, there is something about the simplicity of this game and the like, sort of gentle, chill hangout vibe vibe of it that is exactly what I want right now. Um, and so I'm I, if you had said to me, "Hey, there's a new Pokemon Snap game," I, just the 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 premise doesn't seem like one that I would buy into. Um, but right now, I'm feeling like it's a it's a game that I would like to play. Yeah, I I I, I feel the same way. I think it'll be my experience with a lot of Pokemon games where I'd like dabble with it, but this seems like yes. a, a fun, like fine one to dabble with. Um, one interesting like settling point or like bullet point or point of interest is they say that over 200 Pokemon appear in the game, which on the other, on one hand, you're like, wow, like 200, that's a lot of Pokemon. On the other hand, you're like, it's actually not that po- that many Pokemon. Yeah, like, where, where are the other 600, whatever? <laughs> <laughs> like it's a lot of them that aren't there. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that you know, uh Dexit crowd, where are you on this one? Huh? Not enough not enough Pokemon in this Pokemon Snap. Um this is this is uh cool and um it has me it has my mind and I think we're gonna talk about this in a future episode. Um but I really like the idea that you can exist in the world of a video game um and like take pictures of the characters and creatures and environments without having to engage in the game's systems. Um, like one of the things that always puts me off of Pokemon is like the depth of the metagame and, uh, you know, trying to get uh, characters with specific natures or shiny or, you know, whatever attributes. Um, and if I'm just instead like taking pictures of cute animals, um, that sounds great. Um, so yeah, I, I think we are going to try to come up with, um, you know, other snap franchises that that we'd like to see at some point um 
but uh, in in the meantime, uh, Pokemon Snap feels like a a fun way to engage with the brand without you know having to <laughs> having to play a Pokemon game. I no, I completely agree. Like uh, the world of Pokemon is so much fun, and like uh, yes. everything about it is really appealing. But it can't sometimes be like a grind or a slog to like play through the Pokemon games themselves. And this does seem like just a great way to um, allow yourself to be in that world, but not have to like devote yourself to just grinding through like a Pokemon yeah. game. Yeah. I. Uh, oh, but also that made me think that it's true that we don't know a lot about like Nintendo's first party lineup for 2021, but the the front of the year is like pretty well stacked and like at least through april like we have a fairly good idea um you know next month you have 3d world and then in march you have bravely default 2 plus uh monster hunter rise and then in april Is bravely now default not in february sometime? oh maybe it's in february you're right it might be a february release so like you know you have two games in february a major one in march you have uh, yeah. pokemon snap at the end of april so th- they do have like yeah, that's not some bad. breathing that's, room yeah um especially if like there's a new switch revealed somewhere in there uh there's a lot going on in that in that those yeah. first few months uh speaking of pokemon a new pokemon rumor uh i would say it was like crystallized this week even though we have um i feel like it's been floating out in the ether that this might be coming for a while uh the website pokemon centro is reporting that they have sources saying that we will see remakes of pokemon diamond and pearl on switch in 2021 these would be the pokemon games for 2021 uh they're saying that there would be a reveal sometime in february and that uh reportedly it's not a remake in the style of pokemon let's go that it would be like a more traditional remake in the style of like sword and shield it's not really clear hard 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 to say um but and sort of interesting because i feel like the um, like Gen Two, which I know this isn't, but a a Gen Two um Let's Go um is sort of where I I feel like most of the speculation has been um and possibly that's just from like the limited imagination of us being like oh they did Let's Go before they'll do Let's Go again um uh but yeah I I think it'd be cool to see just like a uh you know as complete of a remake as they can uh maintaining all of like the the Pokemon systems um that we see in Sword and Shield. Uh, or uh, Sun and Moon, um, just for uh, Diamond and Pearl. That seems like a, an attractive package to me. Yeah, and this is the fi- 2021 is the 15th anniversary of Diamond and Pearl, which originally came out on the DS in 2006. And also, uh, 2021 is a banner year for Pokemon because it's the 25th anniversary of the right. entire franchise. So I expect that we will see a number of like Pokemon-related projects. I have to admit, like I am... It makes sense to me that if they decide not to go the Let's Go route, but I really liked Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu, and so um, like like just like we were saying with Pokemon Snap, like for me the Let's Go series or the Let's Go entry kind of like shaved some of the rough edges off of the stuff yeah. like I don't love about Pokemon. It really like streamlined it and allowed me to engage with the stuff I do enjoy, and so uh, another game in that style is something that I personally would be interested in. Um, a like remake of Diamond and Pearl games that I haven't played before like doesn't really appeal to me, especially if it's just in the style of like Sword and Shield, and so it just kind of feels like what we already have. Yeah, I mean, unless this is like part of a, another step 
forward in uh like the the evolution of like pokemon as a franchise it could be you know sort of a preview of what we can expect in gen 9 um you know like it's there's the the and obviously until we know more um the possibilities are <laughs> sort sort of limitless here it's a great point um and just kind of like a brief uh overview of diamond and pearl for if you are like patrick and myself who are not like deeply into pokemon and know all the gens by heart um diamond and pearl takes place in the i'm gonna take a shot at this sino region that's what i would say i that's that's exactly what my shot would have been too <laughs> and the uh the starters are turtwig chimchar and piplup and uh chimchar is a that's that's a good one it's a little fiery monkey like that's cute uh i'm 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 all about it uh this is the um diamond and pearl uh, originally you already said this uh came out in 2006 uh on on the ds um mark the you uh we don't have it anywhere in our um news uh our, our run of news here but you mentioned that it is the 25th anniversary for pokemon and they're doing like a bunch of other stuff including like doing something with Katy perry it's not clear to me what it is um but so, well, well, this is a rumor that we're talking about with the uh, Diamond and Pearl remakes. Um, it felt like there was more to talk about there than the actual news, which is they're doing something with Katy Perry. And I don't <laughs> understand what it is. I, I uh, saw that headline. I did not investigate it. Um, I am hopeful that what it is is she's going to be doing a cover of the Pokemon anime theme song opening. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> My guess is it's like some original number that she wrote in collaboration with somebody, but that that's not what I, my dream collaboration with Katy Perry would be her singing the uh, opening song. It's not your heart's desire. Um, just as, as long as we're on uh, news topics that uh, did not make the rundown here, um, there is a Resident Evil event uh, this week, um, I believe on Thursday. Um, I don't have it in the rundown just because, you know, well, uh, there have been Resident Evil games re-released um on uh the switch it they haven't really been part of like the new like vanguard of resident evil um but there should be some kind of announcements coming out uh this week um and if there are any that are related to nintendo we will definitely talk about them next week there have been rumblings that um, there's going to be a cloud there's going to be a cloud version of resident evil 8 for switch um or something cloud version for switch there was Resident Evil 7 had a cloud version that was Japan only. In Japan, yeah. Um, I, so maybe that will come to the, to the U.S. as well. Uh, also, there have been rumors of like a Resident Evil Revelations 3 being in the works for a while. And I don't think that it would be Switch exclusive, but I wonder if it would be a, a candidate for a cloud version as well. Yeah, or just uh, able to play it on Switch. Like, yeah. you know, that they could just sort of uh, play to the technical limitations. Because the first two, you know, obviously uh, run great on, on Switch. Um, I wonder if they'd ever do uh, the two and three remakes um, as uh, streaming games. Oh, yeah, Switch. that's a good point. I would totally play the third one as like a... Um, so, uh, I guess maybe I would just get it on PS4 for cheap. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, uh, me too. I, yeah. I had the same thought where it's like, oh yeah, I could play. Well, no, I'd play it on PlayStation Four. But yeah, I mean, also like, I don't think uh, Resident Evil Village. I just call it Resident Evil Eight, but like, uh, has a release date. So I, I think we're going to get because uh, I think it is it an anniversary year for uh, Resident Evil as well. I think we're getting a lot of Resident Evil stuff this year. So buckle up, I guess. 
I, I didn't have it. There, were, there was no elegant way yeah, to yeah, end that. Nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah. In an moving on. In an interview with Famitsu, bravely default to producer uh, Masasi. Patrick, you're gonna have to do this one. I feel like I butcher these Japanese names like episode after episode, and uh, I feel like you do a really good it, job it, normally. <laughs> I, I believe this one is uh, Masashi Takahashi. Thank you. Uh, he went into a little more detail about things they changed following feedback from players after the demo that was released in December 2019. He said, quote, The list of things we changed w- was endless. To put it simply, we pulled the camera back slightly in dungeons. People who played the demo felt it was too easy to get lost in dungeons and that they got attacked by off-screen monsters. So we addressed those concerns by pulling the camera back. We also cleaned up the faces of on character icons in shops and menus. We didn't change the models or anything. We just adjusted the shadows and such to make things look nicer. Additionally, we added the ability to compare new weapons and armor and chops. I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but this is a feature that should have been in the game. We just weren't able to implement it in time for the first demo. I was ashamed at how often I found myself apologizing while reading survey responses from fans. With that in mind, however, I'm also somewhat relieved. It reconfirmed that this was the right direction for the final product. So now that is interesting because the, you know, we saw in a uh, Nintendo partner uh, showcase a couple months back um, that, you know, they, they talked about some of the uh, things that had been tweaked for the they, final release. They released a whole like 20 minute video where they like delineated them yeah, for people right. who cared. Yeah. Um, but the, and all of those things, I, I remember thinking like, that wasn't my problem with the game. Like I, I found like the experience of it, like cumbersome and kind of ugly. Um, and just like saying something like we pulled the camera back in the dungeons because it uh, it wasn't like working or we cleaned up some of the character icons like some of that does address uh, the like aesthetic problems that I had with the original game or with the original demo. Um, there's still going to be some voice acting in this thing that I uh, have to switch to Japanese or mute. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, sort of reassuring to hear that there are just other quality of life and like aesthetic things that they addressed uh, in addition to what that showcase made it sound like. Yeah. The Bravely Default 2 is definitely a wait and see for me and definitely like totally. on, on the far end of wait. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the reviews are like. I mean, one of the things with Octopath Traveler that made it immediately appealing was like the art style and the presentation. The music was amazing. I don't know if it, uh, Bravely Default 2 has the same shares a composer with Octopath Traveler. But um yeah, for whatever reason, like Bravely Default 2 has just never been on my radar as something that I'm like excited for. And so it'll it'll just be interesting to see how it uh plays out. It feels like much more like one of those we've talked in the past how like, man, I wish like uh these portable only franchises make their way to Switch. Yeah. And it Bravely Default 2 looks like it is uh, fulfilling that request, but it's at a $60 price point, and it doesn't look yeah. to me like a game that uh, is a worthy of that. happening here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah the, uh, it's, it, it's interesting when, uh, like, you know, reading about this story, there was, uh, uh, you know, a lot of Bravely Default 2 sort of like key art, um, and the characters in the key art look great. Um, it's just when they're translated into the game and they've got these enormous heads, um, that like, I don't know, it just feels like too plasticky or, or something. And I can see where they're, um, like sort of replicating the aesthetic of, uh, Bravely Default and Bravely Second on the 3DS. Um, but like, that's such a lower poly count 
um, that like those models sort of make sense like that. When you make them look realer, they don't. It it doesn't. They they don't survive the 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 graphical upgrade. Um, so I I wish that they could either be blockier <laughs> blockier or um more like the key art because uh, I I think there's like something in the middle isn't isn't working for me. In kind of bummer news, the opening of Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Japan, which uh the you know it was originally scheduled to open on February fourth. We had like a direct with Shigeru Miyamoto walking around, yeah. um, interacting with Mario and Luigi, saying that, you know, I can't play with you guys right now. Dad's busy. It was super cute. It was really exciting. And uh, Universal just announced that the opening has been delayed indefinitely because of uh, a resurgence of COVID-19 in Japan and that no new date is set. You know, they were just two, basically two weeks away from opening. Now there's no date, and um, yeah, kind of bleak, bit of a bummer. Kind of bleak, a bit of a bummer, obviously the right move. Um, uh, Mark, again, I can't believe that you're going to go into jury duty, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we can't go to uh, Super Nintendo Land. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, is, it is a bummer, um, but, you know, uh, we're, we're still in this, uh, we, you know, we're, we're not uh vaccines are just starting to roll out um and uh it is a slow and painful process uh, and we're just not there yet so um i i will be happy to go to i mean first of all we're not going to japan <laughs> um but uh you know when when it does open in uh hollywood i'll be excited to go when we can go and when we can go safely uh we do though have a new doctor in dr mario world which means that it's time for us to update our definitive rankings of all the doctors in Dr. Mario World. And this week, Dr. Iggy is joining the team. So, Mark, uh, the doctors from Dr. Mario World, uh, we ranked the top. Uh, there are 40 of them. 40 of them uh, we, we have ranked. I'm just going to quickly read them from, from the bottom up. Uh, uh, 40 is Dr. Kamek, Dr. Koopa Trooper, Dr. Fire Mario, Dr. Fire Luigi, uh, Dr. Fire Peach, Dr. Fire Rosalina. Uh, I lost my place. Dr. Lemmy, Dr. Larry, Dr. Morton, Dr. Luma, Dr. Baby Rosalina, Dr. Baby Peach, Dr. Baby Luigi, Dr. Baby Mario, Dr. Toad, Dr. Bowser, Dr. Dry Bowser, Dr. Waluigi, Dr. Diddy Kong, Dr. Wario, Dr. Bowser Jr., Dr. Baby Daisy, Dr. King Boo, Dr. Nabbit, Dr. Wendy, Dr. Mario, Dr. Dolphin, Dr. Yoshi, Dr. Toadette, Dr. Luigi at number 11. Number 10 is Dr. Roy. Then at number 9 is Dr. 8-Bit Mario. Number 8 is Dr. Ludwig. Number 7 is Dr. Peach. Number 6 is Dr. Rosalina. Number 5 is Dr. Goomba Tower. Number 5, 4 rather, is Dr. Lockatoo. Number 3 is Dr. Baby Wario, which is just a mind-bending concept, of course, which is why it's ranked so high. Uh, number 2 is <laughs> Dr. Donkey Kong. And of course, number 1 is Dr. Daisy Mark. Where would you like to put Dr. Iggy? So I think Dr. Iggy is definitely below, um, like, below Dr. Roy. I'm thinking... Dr. Roy, Roy is pretty high for being a, a Dr. Koopaling. Yeah, d- number 10. Um, yeah. Can, I, can, I, can I introduce uh, something of, of note here? Yeah, please. Many years ago, you and I ranked the, uh, the Koopalings um, and it was a, a list that we held up as definitive 
when we went through and determined whether all of our lists were definitive or not. Um, and Iggy was number seven out of seven. <laughs> I think Dr. Iggy can't rank any higher than the rest of the Koopa kids. I think that's totally fair. Um, I Do we put him... I think more better than Dr. Kamek, we decided for sure. Dr. Kamek is a crank. Um, and Dr. yeah, and and a hack, and he will take advantage of you. Do not trust Dr. Kamek. I, I think we put him above all the fire uh, variants. And so he's uh, under Dr. Lemmy. So the lowest of the Koopa kids, I, I feel like that's an appropriate placement for him at number 35. Sure. So he is the new number 35. Um, let's see. Dr. Iggy. Uh, right, right below Dr. Lemmy and Dr. Larry. Mm -hmm. as well. Yep. Uh, I think I think that's fair. Um, I think you don't want to trust this doctor. Uh, no. Either, really. Um, but he's at least more interesting than fire variants of uh, the, the rest of the doctors. Um, all right. That's a good definitive list. I'm glad it keeps growing. And finally, uh, we do have the results of last weekend's Global Splatfest in Splatoon 2 celebrating Super Mario 35. Um, so the winner, it was between Super Mushroom and Superstar. Superstar was the most popular, and as somebody who ended up picking Superstar, I can tell you that that was readily apparent because I the vast majority of the, my matches were against other Superstar teams. Very oh, rarely bummer. did I get uh, a team that was repping Super Mushroom. So it was like 68% to 32% uh, in favor of Superstar. But what that also means in uh, generally in Splatoon 2 Splatfest is that the most popular team ends up losing, and that is the case here as well. Super Mushroom took the other two categories, winning the most normal matches and the most more pro matches. So uh, taking the Splatoon 2 Splatfest 2-1 to one is the Super Mushroom. Uh, that's good. Mark, do you feel like you, uh, contributed at all to the superstars failure? <laughs> <laughs> I can say without a doubt that I was a big contributor. <laughs> all right, Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. We appreciate it when you do that. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nin Cart Society. There's also a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8BitBetty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying, if you think about it, this podcast is like Dark Souls, but a podcast. Thanks for listening. is Will Himes, and I am a ghost writer, meaning I write other people's books for them. And I have a podcast called I Will Write Your Book, which are recordings of my meetings with my eccentric clients, such as a woman blocked after one sentence of a children's book about her dogs, a romance novelist who dislikes sex, and a man proud of having sampled everything in his local grocery store. 
This podcast has been described as fully improvised, played by some of the best comedians on the planet Earth. Hey, that's pretty good. That's I Will Write Your Book on Campfire Media. Campfire.